The Minnesota Gophers bounced back in 2021 for a nine-win season. So now, how can they keep moving up and win the Big Ten West? You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Big Ten. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every weekday. Coming up on the show, Kane Robb is joining us from Locked On Golden Gophers to look at the Minnesota Gophers this season. An interesting year coming up for Minnesota. After an up-and-down last three years that has ended on a high note last season for the Gophers, they're now looking at bigger and bigger expectations. Loftier goals. Can they make it to Indianapolis? Can P.J. Fleck finally beat Iowa? We'll talk about all of that here with Kane and what the Gophers need to do to come out on top in a wide-open Big Ten West. Before we get to Kane, though, of course, a look at the latest stories from around the Big Ten. Biggest news from over at least the last day taking place as far as in the administration goes in the Big Ten Conference. Oregon President Michael Schill is no longer the president at the University of Oregon. He has decided to take the job at Northwestern, something that was a consequence of all this money coming to the Big Ten that I hadn't even thought about. I mean, when you talk about all the Big Ten media rights and what's going on now with this, of course, you get into what it means for recruiting, what it means for the on the field stuff and what programs around football and basketball can do. But I hadn't thought about what it means for the people that are running things and how attractive these jobs now become. So when we're talking about the Big Ten taking a step up as far as how it can compete with everyone in the country, That's not just by getting better recruits because you're a national conference now with more exposure. That's not just putting together better programs because you have the money to do so, to make facilities, to get that cash that the Big Ten media is going to bring. It also extends to the front office. If you're a leader of another athletic department out there, or a president of a university like this, and you're looking at the money makers and the way to be successful, the Big Ten conference has it all now. They've got the most money. They've got the academic integrity that really is only beaten by probably the Ivy League as far as like big conferences go out there. And when you're looking at trying to make both of those things successful and what you're interested in, if you have like this job as a president of a school, a school like Northwestern has everything. It's got the money. It's got the academics. You come in there and it's a dream kind of job. And again, I hadn't even thought about any of this. I mean, athletic director positions, presidents of universities like this, really anywhere. If you want the best of the best, the best of the best is going to be for at least the next couple of years in the Big Ten. I mean, we're talking about even down to just athletic trainers. The kind of facilities they can get to work in if they take the Big Ten money over anyone else's money. And again, the SEC will get there, but... For right now, at least, this is the Big Ten's territory. This is a chance for Big Ten schools to eat up as much as it can. And while I was excited about what it was going to look like again on the field and how the improvements could be made, I'm really excited when I think about like how program-wide, school-wide, things can improve if you get the top people in these positions. Because, I mean, you look at the University of Oregon. 
The success has been there on the football field. Obviously, the merchandising success has been there. We don't need to talk about University of Oregon uniforms all that much because there's too many to talk about. This is a guy who had it at another place and decided, you know what? I see greener pastures in the Big Ten. Not only in the Big Ten, but going from a big Pac-12 school like Oregon to a school that, at least on the football side, is nothing special in Northwestern. I think that's a big, big indication of what could be coming for future Big Ten front office moves. And again, it was something that hadn't even crossed my mind when we talk about all of these media rights and things like that. How not only it's more appealing for players, coaches, people who are actually doing the sports, but for the people behind the scenes. It has to be, again, a dream come true to be able to try and orchestrate the next steps for a conference that is growing exponentially. I mean, you, you have this idea of more teams coming in and huge, huge money. You have to think that Michael Schill's looking at this job thinking, okay, I can stay at Oregon and I'm safe here. But if I go to a Big Ten school like Northwestern, I get the kind of money where I really am really able to play around and see what I can do. I love it. Obviously, when it comes to this media stuff, you love everything if you're a Big Ten fan. But this is, I think possibly just a sign of what's to come future in the future and later on for more Big Ten schools as more of these openings come up. Because I wouldn't have taken Michael Schill leaving Oregon for Northwestern a year ago. Maybe he would have. It is closer to his family. It is, again, a great academic school to put your name on. But as far as why the mood was made now, you have to think it was because of the money that's coming in. And that's huge, huge for the conference going forward. For schools like Northwestern that are trying to build up a football program moving forward. For schools like Maryland and Rutgers, who we've been trying to get integrated into the Big Ten and really competitive since they joined. I think those are the kind of moves that maybe could really make a big impact in doing that. More so even than what's happening on the field. Having the guys that are orchestrating things being really, really good. Only other big news I had on the day of re, I guess, looking back at what we said yesterday, Tom Izzo's deal. It was uh, reportedly at first a lifetime extension for Izzo. It's now, according to Sports Illustrated, reported as an officially five-year extension. Again, $6.2 million per year for Izzo. But again, it might as well be a lifetime deal for him because he's not going anywhere, not because he's going to die in the next five years. No. <laughs> Again, uh, nothing else really to go over big here in Big Ten news from the last day. No commitments on the football side over the last day either, so we don't have to go over anything on the recruiting end there. Coming up, it's Kane Rob joining us here on the show to look at the Minnesota Gophers. The Big Ten West, I would argue, has four, five teams maybe that could win it this season. The Minnesota Gophers are one of them. And Kane's going to tell us about how this is a really, really potentially good Minnesota team if the pieces all come together. That's coming up on Locked On Big Ten. Bet Online is where you go for all of your sports gambling needs, whether it be to get more information on the bets you want to place, to make sure that you're making the right moves, or to check in on how lines are moving across boards. You can look at it on Bet Online, your one stop shop for anything that you need for sports gambling. 
BetOnline has it all. Whether you're trying to, again, figure out the smartest ways to bet or want to just learn more on how things work in sports gambling, you can do it at BetOnline. Football season's just around the corner, so you want to make sure that you're as sharp as ever when the games get started. You do it at BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening in again to Locked On Big Ten. I'm Nate Dickinson. Joining us on the show, host Locked On Golden Gophers, Kane Robs here with us as Minnesota goes into a season with a wide open Big Ten West and some pretty high expectations after another successful year in 2021. It'll be interesting to see how can Minnesota finally get the monkey off its back win the Big Ten West this season under P.J. Fleck. That's the question. I believe Minnesota's in just as good a position as anyone to do it if they can make the right moves here, Kane. But I guess that's the first question. What do you think is the biggest contributor to what could be a Minnesota division title? You know, I think the biggest contributor is definitely consistency. I mean, overall, we suffered a lot of setbacks last year, and we fought some adversity and still saw nine wins. I mean, we lost our starting running back, and at the time, the reigning Big Ten running back of the year in the first game. In the first game that happened, and then you've got... Chris Bell, who dealt with kind of injuries on and off, he still played through them, but he was suffering through that. Our backup running back, our backup backup running back. I mean, we had some some tough runs. Our offensive system was kind of shaky under Sanford, and we saw that over the last two years, especially in the passing game. So I think just consistency, a refresh, but I think the culture that's here, I think the things we have in place have set us up to be successful this year and moving forward. Let's stay on Mo Ibrahim, because if you watched that 2020 season in which he was Big Ten running back of the year, you know just how vital he was to the success that Minnesota was able to have on offense throughout that entire season. He was the rock of that team. And as you mentioned, Big Ten season minnesota still wins nine games without him now some contributed part of that to just the offensive line being really good but you still have really good offensive line players coming back michael schmitz is going to be a huge leader on that team and then mo ibrahim back too is there a thought that like just adding ibrahim back in and doing everything else the same could lead to the heights that you're looking for um i think I think it definitely helps. It definitely gets you trended in the right direction. But overall, I think finding the balance in the passing game and having that comeback as well is going to be extremely helpful. In the Big Ten media days, P.J. Fleck was asked, what does balance mean? Which is a great question because he's not saying we have to throw it 50 times and run it 50 times. He's not saying, he's saying if to win a game, you need to run for 300 yards, then you have to have the ability to do that. And if to win the game, you need to throw for 300 yards, then you have to have the ability. And last year, our system did not have the ability to do that. But we've seen in this system with offensive coordinator Kirk Shiraka that we can do that in that system. It opened the game up so much more for us. And the running game wasn't sloughed off in 2019 either. We were still in the top 25 in the rushing game when it came to 2019. So finding that balance and doing what it takes 
to win each and every game, each and every week. Um, but Mo Ibrahim, I've went out to a couple of the practices so far. He's looking good. He's looking fluid. He's looking confident. So you love to see things like that. And I think it's understated how important Trey Potts is too. Trey Potts stepped up for Mo Ibrahim last year in the four and a half games before he also went down with injury. But in those four and a half games, he had 552 rush yards and six touchdowns. I mean, in four and a half games. So the fact that we can go two lethal running backs, it's, it's just super helpful, and I think that people don't give him enough credit either. Could help open up that passing game. And you mentioned Kirk Shiraka, a guy who's back with Minnesota as the offensive coordinator after leaving that school before. He is, and again, this a big part of the reason why I have the belief that Minnesota can be a contender here in the Big Ten West. He is the orchestrator of that 2019 offense, which obviously won 11 games, but also saw Tanner Morgan be one of the most consistent, we've been saying consistency throughout here, one of the most consistent quarterbacks in all of college football. Is he goes into his, I mean, this has to be last season for Tanner Morgan now. Yeah, but he, as he goes into his last season and Kirk Shiraka is back, I mean, I guess same question for Mo Ibrahim with the offense as a whole. Can just plugging his system back in get Tanner Morgan back to that level? Because to be quite honest, in 2020 and even in 2021, I thought was a pretty decent step down from what we saw in that big 11-win season. Yeah, I mean, I think... It might not be as simple as that, just plugging it back in, but what I can say is that visiting the practices so far, Tanner has looked sharp, which you love to see. Uh, we talked to PJ Fleck, we talked to Chris Ottman Bell, Brevin Spanford after some of these practices. Even some people on the defense, Jordan Howden, who have all said this is the best they've seen Tanner Morgan in their time with him. So it's really exciting to see him kind of have a new spark. I don't know if that's because he just got married this offseason, because Kirk Soraka's back, you know, seems like a good time in the life of Tanner Morgan right now. So hopefully that carries into the season as well. But I think having a healthy Chris Ottman Bell is going to work wonders. I think Dalen Wright, we saw flashes from him last year being a guy, like a really talented wide receiver, and it was just inconsistent. And he went to work this offseason. He's been called out by the coaches, called out by teammates, not in a bad way, but in a sense of like, bro, you have all the talent. If you just put it all together, like you can be very special. And I think he took that to heart and he was working with the footwork king this offseason who works with tons of NFL players and getting right. And what I've seen so far in, in practice, Dalen Wright is going to be a very fun player to watch. So I think having those receiver options, plus Tanner Morgan being familiar with the system. And then I've been seeing Brevin Spanford getting worked in in the red zone a lot too. And so that's a new exciting piece that we didn't see very much prior to. And Kirk Shiraka worked with Penn State and uh, Pat Fryermuth. So maybe if we can get that sort of incorporation with our tight end, who is 6'7", 270, it could be special. Flipping over to the other side of the ball. What are your expectations for a defense that was elite last year, but did lose some huge pieces to the NFL? Yeah, you know, I honestly expect this defense to be right up there with how much how successful it was last year. Maybe not immediately. There might be some some bumps in the road early on, just getting used to some of these new faces stepping in. But we have six full time starters back, so we've got Justin Wally, who has got that all. Um, freshman All-American nod. 
You've got Mariano Sorimarin, who was second in tackles on the team last year and made honorable mention for the all-conference. You've got Trill Carter coming back, who started as a freshman and a sophomore so far. And then you've got Tyler Newbin and Jordan Howden, who are two of the best safeties in the conference, and I would argue the best safety pairings in the conference. You've got those guys coming back and leading the way, and then you brought in impact transfers, like Ryan Stapp coming from Abilene Christian, who's been starting at both the nickel and the outside corner as well and he's been making a lot of name for himself here in these practices he's been getting a lot of love from the coaches pj just talked about him in yesterday's press conference and then you've got kyler baugh who's a defensive tackle from houston baptist who put up 104 tackles in his short career there before he transferred i mean we've got some impact transfers that because they don't come from the sexy name schools like your uh, Bama or anything like that, they might not get a lot of shine, but they did a lot of work at their previous programs, Beanie Bishop with Western Kentucky, Kyler Bow with Houston Baptist. So I think overall that paired with some young guys maybe stepping up, some guys that we've hoped would step up, but didn't because they were true freshmen and they didn't get the opportunity, but they were four-star guys. Those guys might start to get time as well, and it'll really, I think that this defense is going to be top 20 for sure in the country, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them up near the top 10 like they were last season. So we're hearing a lot of positives. The quarterback and running back are both back. The old offensive coordinator is back again too. Defense is looking to be really good as well. So when you look at the Gophers stacked up against other Big Ten West teams and you still see them at like third or fourth, it seems like that skepticism comes from the idea of, well, this team lost to Bowling Green last year. This team lost to Illinois last season. What do you say to those people who are saying that that kind of a team can't go from that to being good enough every week to win the Big Ten West. You know, honestly, I would say we had to go through those things and experience them in order to learn from them and move on. Again, we lost to those teams without our two running backs, without this offensive system. So there is the change there. But I think... Having gone through that, we've come out stronger. We understand what it takes to get important wins. Even losing to Iowa last year, which we had no business losing that game. We led in every statistical category except for number of tackles, basically. And we somehow lost that game at the end of the game. Less than one touchdown score difference. I mean, we're right in the fight in these games. And so when I see Iowa coming in in the first preseason poll as 26 and Wisconsin as 20 and Minnesota comes in at 43, it's a little off-putting. It's a little unsettling. But I think the way we get that respect is continuing to trend upwards, continuing to win those games wouldn't matter. We won the axe last year against Wisconsin. We have to defend the axe. We have to beat Iowa. Like once you start doing those things and rallying together these good seasons. So we had an 11-2 full season and a 9 and 4 full season. Those are our last full seasons. If we rattle off another 9-10-11 win season, it's going to be hard to ignore Minnesota seeing the consistency year after year after year now that PJ Fleck has his full classes in place. Kane Rob with us here from Locked On Golden Gophers to break down how Minnesota can win this Big Ten West this season in a side of the conference that, again, is wide open. We've talked about a lot of specifics. Let's get now into a little bit more of the, I guess, big picture stuff as we look at this program with Minnesota here on Locked On at Big Ten. As we talk about just what Minnesota has been able to do the last few years, you mentioned. 
I think PJ Fleck has proven, honestly, just with how much better that defense got from 2020 to 2021, that he can rebuild a program. That that downslide in 2021, blame it on COVID or whatever else, is not what this program is. So when you now look forward and look to, okay, what are the next steps in building here? Is the goal Big Ten West? Is it still just as long as we can beat Iowa and Wisconsin? That's fine. To be quite honest, those two very likely could go hand in hand. But what do you think is like the next step for Minnesota fans to be thinking, okay, this team is still getting better? For sure. I think the next step, I think there's three things that Minnesota fans look for for the next step. The first thing is winning the division. We got to do it, especially because these divisions are going to go away relatively quickly here with the additions of USC and UCLA and maybe we're moving to pods. So we have to win the division because if we don't, we're never going to hear the end of it. You know, people are going to be like, oh, well, when it was divisions, you never want, you know, we just got to get that monkey off our back. And we've been close. We've I mean. 2019, we were in the game to take it and just dropped the ball there. Uh, Last year, dropped simple games that could have kept us in contention for it, like you said, with Bowling Green and Illinois. So the talent is there, the production's there. We just have to do it now. But two other things that I think really need to start happening is that, one, we have to land more big fish in the recruits so right now we'll probably get typically two between two and four four star guys in our recruiting classes which is good but lately we've been seeing more people at least consider minnesota that never would have before so now it's starting to land more of those guys maybe seeing six to eight four star guys and by no means i'm not a star watching guy i'm not a guy that's like oh you need this many four stars or this many five stars to have a good class like in the end it all comes down to who who produces But drawing in more four-star guys makes more four-star guys and five-star guys look at your school and be like, well, you know, a lot of talented guys are going here. Maybe I should be a part of that. So the more you get with that, the more looks you get. I just feel like the recognition helps lift your recruiting, uh, kind of like the sinking tide raises all boats or whatever. So those are the two points there for me. And then I think the last thing is just getting the respect from outside analysts. I know that... A lot of people in Minnesota understand what's building here, but we are put at 43 as opposed to the people that we've either beat or are often in contention with. Even Penn State coming off of a 7-6 and six record last year, uh, not so great record the year before that. And then in 2019 when they were ranked 4th and we were 17th, we beat them and almost won the division that year. But they're still ranked 20 spots ahead of us this year. It's just like... We got to start that consistency and keep it trending up so that way we can get more respect. I think those are the three things that really stand out for fans. I mentioned when we went over that coaches poll, you mentioned uh, Gophers ended up out of the teams that got votes 43rd in the country. But it's clear. I think you need to point out that doesn't mean they're the 43rd best team. That means that there are coaches in D1 who think that the Gophers are a top 25 team right now. So correct. It's yeah, it's a little bit different than what the actual list makes you believe. But again, I agree. Minnesota could easily have ended up a little bit higher on that list. And I don't think anybody would have had any problems with it. So how do you get that recognition then? Is there a, I guess, just game on the schedule where it's like, okay, this is the one we need to win to establish ourselves as back on the scene. What happens to try and bring national attention to up in Minneapolis? 
I mean, I think, again, the biggest thing is just putting out another maybe double-digit win season. Having three seasons where you have 11, 9, and another double-digit win season will help establish more like, okay, it wasn't a fluke. You know what I mean? Like, they've done it three times now, so let's start looking that way. Uh, But I think the biggest thing is just winning those big games. Like you said, our first challenge this year is going to be against Michigan State at Michigan State. So if you go into that game and if you do it handily, you probably start getting talked about a little bit. But even a close game win against Michigan State, who was around, what, 14-15 in that preseason poll, beating a team like that gets people to take notice. And then it's making sure you win the rest of the games that you should win. So when we come off and beat, or when we come off and play Purdue right after, we got to win those games. Or those non-conference games before, we have to win in order to make it look like it's not a fluke. What's the expectation here to, I guess, keep the fans happy? If the Gophers don't make the Big Ten West, is, uh, I guess, beating Wisconsin and Iowa. P.J. Flex still hasn't beaten Iowa. Is that enough to make everyone think, okay, we're still going in the right direction here? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think you you really want the division title, but I don't think it's a failure if you don't get it. I think the biggest thing is getting in that 9-10 win range, especially because I heard Greg McElroy say the other day, 10-win teams, even though it's not always a championship or it's not always the conference, like... Uh, I believe he said 2021 or 20, or 2019, one of the two years, there was only 25 teams in the nation that won 10 games. So it's like 10 games is a big accomplishment. And when you're rattling that off year after year, you can't look at that as not successful. So if you're getting a double-digit win season and beating your rivals, I think that's still pretty successful overall. But yes, we need to beat Iowa. PJ hasn't been able to do it yet. Last year, I can't believe how that went, but we got to beat them. Do you think about how different the national perspective could be on Minnesota if that 2020 season had just been normal and whatever happens, happens, however much better Minnesota could have been, ends up going down? Yeah, I mean, I I always kind of wish it could have played out like we got the full because people don't remember that we didn't even have camp because they didn't think there was going to be a season. Rashad Bateman at the last second decided he was going to come back. And so it's just like you give those guys camp. We have a full year of Rashad as the man that year, Mo Ibrahim. I mean, I feel like it could have been something real special, but we'll never know. That Minnesota-Michigan State game, we did put on our top five games of the first month of the season. It's going to be a really good one, and I agree with you. I think that can be a tone setter for both teams as to where people put them going forward into the Big Ten schedule and all that. And, of course, first impressions are huge, as always. Uh, Kane Robs, the host of Locked On Golden Gophers. He is there every single weekday, just like we do it here on Locked On Big Ten, breaking down everything going on with Minnesota. I believe Minnesota can win the Big Ten West this season. It's a wide-open conference, and with everything Kane's told us here today, it seems like it's certainly in the realm of possibility. We thank you for coming on here, Kane. I'm looking forward really to seeing what these Gophers can do here on the gridiron, and we'll talk to you soon about it, I know. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. All right. Awesome. Thank you, man. Yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah, we'll get you back on. I think I'm going to try to put together over the next couple of weeks if we can get time to work out like a little like round table kind of thing for each division. Okay. So we'll see how that goes. I might try to start talking to people about that this weekend, but 
yeah, that, I mean, that'll still be a couple of weeks still before the season gets going. So we'll have time. Sounds good. Yeah, just let me know. Yeah, yeah, of course. I didn't ask about the optimism thing because I'm not – when I hosted the show, that was one of the big things. It's like, you're not a Gopher fan. I'm like, I don't I, – you're right. I don't know the history of this team. So I was going to be like <laughs> – hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, all right. Thank you as always. Yep. Take it easy. We'll get you back on here soon. Talk to you later. Yep. Bye.